following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> Even though it said it in the intro, do we have to talk about football? Because I, between oh the, please, between the Packers and the Badgers, there's not really a lot I want to revisit. Welcome Nine the, combined turnovers. Yeah, but, to the wonderful world of being a Bear fan. You don't even watch that or root for college that hard, but it's like, my God, didn't I just see that show the day before? Mm-hmm. I mean, except for a, a lot. Better defense by Wisconsin. Hello, it is the intentional foul. We will get to all that and more. It's the Thanksgiving Day edition, or Thanksgiving Week edition, I should say. Um, normally, in years past, on Thanksgiving, we prep for what we'll th- what we're thankful for in the sports world. I didn't think about doing that uh, uh, this time. Okay, perfect. I'm not thankful for much right now. I'm thankful that John Barry's not dead. How's that? Can we turn those stairs into a ramp for people like John so we're not breaking ankles and feet are pointing the other way? That's what happens when you got your mask around your chin. Well, he's probably listening because he doesn't have (laughs) anything else to do. No, I'm just busting his job. I'm glad glad, uh, he's he's doing all right. Yes. I mean, you know, dude, I know you're a Badger fan, but come on. Right. Don't need to go go Harry Carrier. Jeez. (laughs) Just fall face first, ankle first, whatever, after the Badgers lose to Northwestern. Uh, Thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading. As always, tell your friends. We got the NFL to talk about, uh, which we'll lead off with. We got some breaking news in college football. Uh, We'll go towards the end. Uh, Dan will run down all the NBA stuff. This is a busy couple of weeks, or busy week since we last talked about the Bucks and just some bizarre situations. Maybe you can clear some of that up for us um, and figure out whether Milwaukee actually got better. And then college basketball starts on Wednesday as we record this on Tuesday night, as we normally do. The Badgers have a 9 p.m. tip time against Eastern Illinois on Wednesday night. Good thing people get to sleep in on Thanksgiving that are Badger fans, or else I can't imagine viewership's going to be very high just because it's Eastern Illinois and because it's uh, 9 o'clock. And we'll talk a little high school hoops because we just at your uh, beautiful uh, uh, basement bar outside Studio B kind of hammered out the schedule for the fourth or fifth time. (laughs) Yeah, subject to change in big, bold letters. Which is going to probably be on version 12 by the time we get midway through the season. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, that's the rundown. All that and more coming up. Over the next hour, hour plus. Uh, Bears are on the bye week. We can start with the Packers if you want. I don't. I. It's so funny when the Packers play bad, the reaction of their fan base. Okay. Compared to, like, the reaction of my fan base. Yeah. Like, ours is just abject anger and disgust. Yeah. Yours is, like, you guys act like you should never lose. I'm not saying you particularly. Thank but you. like. Pack, Packer fans in general pretty much feel like they should be 16-0 and all the time and win all the playoff games and all the Super Bowls. Like, when they lose games, they're incredulous. It's like, look, you you lost to a 
pretty good team. Yeah. Team winning their division yep. on the road against a smart, savvy veteran quarterback, a well-coached team, and a top-five defense in the league. Um, there are definitely things to be concerned about if you're a Packer fan. I mean, you know, you you, you blow a two-touchdown lead. You only score three points in the second half. See, and that's the thing, though. A lot of these things happen, and I guess for the first part, it would be a lot easier to stomach if you flat-out got outplayed. But there were so many elements of the Packers that beat themselves up and take nothing away from the Colts and however many penalties they had to end regulation in a row that was ridiculous. Yeah, and a couple of those, I mean, when they slow it down, they're holds. Yeah. But like a couple of those were like, dude, that's every play. Right. Like, what do you get? What are the refs right. doing here? What, what, what kind of telescope do you have? Yes. But like the elements that the Packers have that just continually put they put themselves at risk more than Indianapolis coming up with a good play it's like i don't mind if you everybody did their assignment and did it well and they just outplayed you that's fine i don't mind the packers getting outplayed if you lose to a better team like when they lost in san francisco last year clearly san francisco was the better team mm-hmm. period end of story like there were so many opportunities on sunday to put that game away and you let indianapolis back in and then you even had a chance to win in overtime and he made another mistake. So it's like, I, I don't mind them losing if the other team does enough to beat them soundly. That's that's not, or, you know, just flat out makes one more play. Doesn't bother me. Um, but. Well, would they have four turnovers? Yes. I mean, you know, it, normally you figure they'd have maybe two. two. Yep. Um, I can but, live with two. But, you know, you, you, give, you give the Colts credit. I mean, they forced those fumbles. I mean, the first one on the bad snap, that wasn't so much them. But the other three, it was a good interception. Yep. They bait, the guy baited Rodgers. And then the other two, they forced the fumble. Um, I thought the sequence of the game was in the second half. I think it was, I think it was late third quarter um, when the Colts were kind of coming back. They lined up six straight plays and turned around and gave the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Six straight times. That tells you all you need to know about what the rest of the NFL thinks about the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but, I mean, what you had said leading up to that is that nobody has actually executed that game plan up until Indy did. And they did it, and they did it in the second half. And one of the things people, you know, sometimes they miss when you're criticizing the Packers for only scoring three points, they didn't have the ball much. No, because you went three and out. Yeah, you went three and out, but because the Colts were running the ball. For sure. The clock is ticking, Mm -hmm. your defense can't get off the field, so... Um, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. I just think their defense is is soft. Yeah. Um, they constantly get pushed around. Yep. Aikman talked about it. I think oh, it was Aikman. God, he talked that about was it. Great. But he said one thing that uh, stood out. You know, Petten runs that five six D back set where you just got Kirksey as your lone linebacker mm-hmm. in there, and then they bring a safety to play kind of the hybrid model linebacker. Yeah, and you're and you're asking those two guys to re- make the play of what should be three or four guys in that spot when you're trying to stop the run, and yeah. teams are seeing that, and they're like, fine, we'll we'll just take the six seven yard chunks instead of throwing the ball down the field, and when the Packers have played. Good quarterbacks, smart quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, and they've had a running game to go with them, which you saw with the Vikings. Even, you know, say what you want about Cousins. The guy started 100 games in the NFL. He's been there, done that. Brady, and now Rivers. Um, the formula is 
it's there. Everybody, right. it's there for everybody to see. Um, that's what I do, and that's another thing that I. I mean, we talked about the pass rush and Pat and what I don't understand. You know, rushing three guys from my perspective and what I kind of get from a lot of people that cover the team is that he likes to lean on the strength of the defense and they feel that they have good defensive backs. So you put more of them on the field. Well, by just pure numbers alone, that weakens your run defense because there's not enough guys up front to tackle all the gaps and then fill those when they run the ball, especially if they're good at running the ball. So unless you have a, you know, against like a a Drew Brees or somebody that wants to throw 40 to 45 times a game, I I just don't know what purpose that serves you because you're counting on your defensive backs then to come up and make open field tackles. And one thing that defensive backs, for the most part, aren't good at doing is making open field tackles. Right. So I, I guess I just don't understand. And there seems to be an unwillingness to adapt to that formula, um when it's clear that you're getting beaten up by an offense. But you keep doing the same thing, and it keeps it keeps failing. Well, a lot of times coaches, they're, they're, they stubborn. just get stubborn and yeah. set in their ways, and the unwillingness to change becomes their demise. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a catastrophic loss by any means for no, the Packers. I mean, not. they're still going to win their division. I still think, I, you know, they're 7-3 and three right now. Um, they play the Bears twice and the Lions once. Those are three guaranteed wins. They're ten and three at that point. I think the the, the toughest team they got left is Tennessee. Uh, other than that, I think they go five and one at worst. I think very possibly six and zero. Oh. They're going to be right there with the Saints for the one one two seed. See, but yeah. I still don't think they're any good. That's what I mean. So you look at all these weaknesses and going back to three points in the second half. We've seen this a couple of times now. They get off to a fast start. Sometimes they've started slow at the beginning of the season. Now they get 28 points by halftime, and the brakes get put on in the second half. And that's happened a couple of times to Lafleur. Like, that was the whole McCarthy thing. You get a lead, and then you play, and then what's your number one enemy? Well, he always played. He always tried to play too safe. Right, played the clock. Yeah. You know, so long as we can get that clock to, well, you're going to still need to score points. Lafleur, I don't know if it's just sticking to a same stuff or because it, it doesn't seem like he's playing the clock it just doesn't seem like they're executing fairly well, fa- fairly I, well I think it comes down to adjustments you know the other team is going in at halftime and making adjustments and you're not adjusting to their adjustment I mean that's what coaching is it's your you move, do it my move your move yes, my move so, absolutely for whatever reason um against some of these better teams the last I mean really in the entire Lafleur tenure I mean I went back and looked last year they beat the Vikings um that was really their best. You know, they beat a Chiefs team without Mahomes last year. Right. They beat the Saints this year, year without Michael in, Thomas in Week Two, yeah. which was early in my, with Michael without Michael Thomas. So like, they haven't really beat anybody great. And no. I think the last two years, the Packers being in the NFC, I think the the lack of any great team in the NFC the last couple of years is really it's well, it's borne out. I mean, yep. you, we, we'll run through the standings, but no, the level of competition is any of these is less, teams. Yeah. There's about six teams in the NFC that could go to the Super Bowl that I I don't think anybody would bat an eye at. Right. So um, the uh, the Rodgers overtime record for his career is staggering, and I don't know well, how many that's. You lose the coin flip, they score, and it's th- th- over. Exactly. That's a context stat. Right, like exactly. I need a little more. They, they said sure. he's two eight and one in OT, and it's like Aaron Rodgers has played in eleven overtimes and only won two of them. But yeah, how many times did he not get the ball? Yes. 
How many times did he drive down and score a touchdown and then his defense or, you know, whatever. His defense let him out. I don't fucking know how these overtime rules work. They're too complicated. It's fucking stupid. It's just, it's one of those stats that kind of perks your ears up, but I'd need a little more, a little more context. Then there's that quarterback credit for wins, losses, that stat that everybody likes to say is one of the most misleading. Not really. Well. I'm What's not misleading a, about it? I'm not a well. I I just don't think it all rests on the quarterback. Like t like you get a certain number of wins, quarterback wins. I that I I need like you. I need more than that. I need I need more context than that. Well, I mean, if you're a really good quarterback, you're going to have a lot of wins for sure. That's, but that's not really that. that's not a whole lot of wins right there. And he's a really good quarterback. So that's, well, in that particular that, little stat, yeah. I agree. But mm-hmm. I mean, over the body of your career, well, if a guy starts a hundred games. And one guy's forty and sixty, and the other guy's seventy-five and twenty-five. I, I don't really need a lot more than that. I kind of know who the better guy is. Okay. Um, Bears had the bye. Thank God. <laughs> uh, some more week uh, eleven results. I didn't watch much of that Thursday game, and I, I, I wish I would have. But that that turned out to be a barn burner well, between what, Seattle and Arizona. It, it was actually a really ugly game. Okay. Uh, it was close. I thought Arizona blew a golden opportunity. I mean, they should have won that game. Um, the only thing that I read that came out of that was the resurgence of Seattle's defense. It did. It, it was better, and Kyler Murray didn't play great, and he got a little banged up during the game. Um, but, I mean, Seattle did a pretty good job on Hopkins, and they were able to get the lead, and uh, Arizona just they didn't have it. And I mean, I said it last week, Cliff Kingsbury against Pete Carroll, that's just <laughs> that's not fair. Right. I mean, that's a that's a coaching mismatch. Cleveland now has seven, seven wins. They beat the Eagles, and I looked at their schedule. They have the they're going to make the playoffs. They got they're going to have ten wins. Mm-hmm. I think minimum. Mm-hmm. Could they pull an upset on one of the tougher teams they play? Maybe, but they got the Jackson. They, they they got the Jaguars, the Giants, and then the Jets. I mean, that's three wins for the Browns team, and then they face some some decent competition the other three games. But probably division games, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Baltimore, Pittsburgh's yeah. in there. But they, I mean, and then and then the Titans. Mm-hmm. So so you go three and three, you're probably making the playoffs. I would think ten wins. That's for Cleveland. Which that's, is, and they're not good. I mean, what if they scored the last two games like twenty five total points or something? And, and they're, and they're be, two and zero, oh right? Them? And they're going to be playing teams like Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's like wait till you see that as a kind of a benchmark for how they're going to do if they get to the postseason. Um, Saints beat the Falcons twenty four nine. I watched a little bit of that game. Taysom Hill, they seem to really like him. He's very dynamic. I, I he's okay. Drew Brees needs to get back because I mean they, you beat an awful Falcon team and Hill didn't even throw for a touchdown. He mm-hmm. ran for ran. two. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I just don't think you can. Make a steady diet of Count that. on that. I mean, that's Tebow-esque. Right. It basically. is. Um, the Washington football team against the Bengals. Just disappointing, man. It, I mean, it really is. I mean, I have no – I'm not a fan. I'm not a hater. I don't care about the Bengals. I really don't. But when you see a guy that tries to resurrect a franchise and how much they're going to heavily lean on him. I'm talking about Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow and rookie of the year. It seemed like that was lining up. Just hand him the award, ACL, MCL, structural damage. You it's, just—it's like it all reminded me of the Carson Palmer injury in the playoffs against the the Steelers a decade plus ago, when the Bengals it looked like they finally had their guy, and he just had a devastating knee injury and wasn't the same for years. And I mean, 
You know, the Bengals as a franchise have been taking a lot of shit the last couple days, and I mean, for not protecting Burrow enough and for playing him too much, and you know, they the Chiefs sat Mahomes for a year, and he only played one game, and it's like, well, yeah, but they had Alex Smith. They were still a legitimately good playoff team, um, so it didn't hurt Mahomes to sit, but... I don't know where I fall on this. I mean, obviously, if you're the Bengals, you know, you you, you have to hearken back to um, David Carr on the Texans. Um, Goff, Goff his first year with Jeff Fisher as the coach in, getting, on the Rams. Getting Just murdered. getting beat up to the point of, yeah. like, this guy's career is on the line here because right. you you're, might have to you're take talking him about, out. Yeah, 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 you're talking about, like, seriously, serious bodily injury here. Mm-hmm. So... You know, obviously, you would hope the Bengals would address their line in the off season, um, but boy, I mean, what are we? We're we're at Thanksgiving now. Six games left. He might not play much next year. See, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, if there's that much damage, they're hoping that he. I mean, if you go for a year from now, you're going to be shitty next year anyway. Right. So if why, you bring him back, it would bother? only be like, hey, we just want to get you a couple of reps at the end of the year type thing. But other than that, to me, you take. <laughs> Take your lumps, compete with the Jets for the number one pick, and then take a stud offensive tackle yeah. to to plan on the left or right side and be like, there you go. We got you some protection. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it might. I mean, you're going to hopefully get a decent pick now. I don't imagine you're winning another game unless they play the Jets. I don't know. They're not beating the Jets. I don't think Cincinnati wins another game. Now. Okay. A Lions get shut out for the first time since Stafford's rookie year. What is that? How? I, I don't know. I, I didn't see any of that no. game, but I just was watching the score, and I'm like. Yeah, I saw the bottom who line. Who gets shut out anymore in the NFL? I don't know. Besides the Jets. By, well, by that, by Carolina? Like, uh, I don't know. And Bridgewater didn't even play? That dude from the XFL started right. for them? Yeah, that's right. Like, what? First, first crew start, yeah. Uh, Stafford got beat by He Hate Me. Uh, Steelers, yes. Jaguars. Okay, this is one of those things with the Steelers. Like they're ten and zero, and I was thinking about it today. It just it really goes to show the level of mediocrity in the NFL right now that Pittsburgh's ten and zero because they're not a great team. They're a good team. I don't even know that they're a really good team. They're just a good team. Um. You know, the Chiefs almost lose the other night, again, to Oakland, or to Vegas. We'll get to that. But, I mean, there is no great team in football this year. There's just not. Um, I don't know if it has. I was trying to figure out, like, we've got this grouping of old quarterbacks, and then we've got this grouping of really, really young guys. Mm -hmm. There's not much in the middle right now. Like, the only guy that that really jumps off of you that's kind of around 30 that's a stud is Wilson. Like, who else is there? And he's on the back half of his career now. Yeah, he's right in the middle of it, I would say. Okay. You know? I mean, I don't know. Dak's like 27, but, I mean, who knows how well, he's going to come that's back. Right. So it's like you have the old guard of Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Rivers, but then you've got, you know, Tua, Herbert, uh, Burrow, um, some of these younger guys, Kyler Murray, Murray. who uh, they're not quite ready, but these other guys are just kind of hanging on, but they're not great anymore. Like, right. none of those guys are great anymore. I mean, the fact that Rodgers did drive them down to score a touchdown on Sunday and they only got the field goal was almost weird 
didn't you? I mean, I hate to go back to the Packers, but didn't you just when they got the ball back after all that shit happened with the Colts and the holding, and they got the ball back down three? Didn't you feel like they were going to win the game? Yes, yes, I did. I thought, well, this is, and then they got the long pass. I'm like, oh, well, this is a wrap. But then they find ways on. You know, second and short, third and short, they call these plays. Like, they went for it on fourth and one, and they tried a wheel route, and he threw it way the hell in front of him. And it's like some of this stuff, and, and you know, Lafleur talked about it, in the like they want to be aggressive. It's like, I get that you want to be aggressive, but you only need to do what's necessary to win. You know, you don't need to take these giant chances when you're put in that situation, I mean, I get it. Rodgers is all gung-ho. Lafleur is a young guy. I think he's probably still a little bit on the learning curve of calling situational plays where you don't need to, you know, either be uber-conservative or ultra-aggressive. I think there, you know, th- th- there's a little bit of game flow problem with him. But yeah, but you're right. Like, that's, that's one of the situations where, like, there's a chance right now we're going to either pop up for a big play or we're going to drive down and they're not going to be able to fucking stop us because Rodgers looks at that situation and he licks his chops and he makes mincemeat out of defenses. Normally, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen anymore. No. So that was my long-winded way of saying no, like don't bet your house on Pittsburgh. They're good, I like it, but they're, they're certainly not okay. great. Uh, overtime, Titans over the Ravens. Baltimore is Baltimore's in trouble. Proving it's mediocre at best. They're in trouble. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the Lamar Jackson phenomenon is over. I mean, either either his weapons aren't good enough, which is a de- which is a detriment and a knock on Lamar Jackson, I think, or teams just kind of figured out this offense and, like, how to slow him down, like make him be a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texans over the Patriots. It's what Houston's second, third, third win? win, I think. Yeah, that pretty much ends it for the for, for the for, Pats for New, for New England. Yeah, poor Cam. Um, Tua got benched. Weird against the Broncos. Yeah, I mean he was terrible. Uh, okay, but like he's only started two games. Right. I thought you made your commitment coming yeah. out of the bye. This is I our mean, guy, and now and, you yank and him that, already. And that's where it's like, well, what are you doing? Is an or what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to make the playoffs desperately this year? Or are you trying to build with a franchise quarterback? That was just a really odd decision. I mean, I don't know that it's going to have long-term ramifications on Tua. Right. But it was just one of those That's one coaching of the, calls where right. it's like, he gets, what? He gets back Why? to the locker and be like, what the hell happened there? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, Chargers outlast Man, the Jets. They tried their damnedest to let Joe Flacco bring the Jets back. That I was, ugh. I watched too much of that game on Sunday. That was for sure. <laughs> they, well, because the Jets kept scoring, so it kept red zone kept popping me back to this game, and I'm like, oh, my Jesus Christ! Saying they're the Chargers, man. What they, I, they they just they hate winning games. What did I read from Frank Gore that he really does? This is not the way that he chooses to go out. I didn't even know he was on the team, honestly, because I don't pay attention to the Jets. He's the bionic man, dude. That guy's been around forever. Serious. He was in college when we were in college. <laughs> Cowboys over Minnesota, the Dallas fighting Gallaghers at at this point because Mike McCarthy whipped out the sledgematic and smashed some watermelons. Yeah, I heard a, that as as a motivational tool. I heard that somehow take out your frustration. I don't understand. Um, Thielen and Cook both had good games. I I don't know. I mean, Dalton scored with what ninety seven seconds left or something like that. I I don't know. 
Minnesota was trending up. It's one of the most inexplicable losses of the season. I mean, yeah, because they were playing so well. They were at home. You're playing a, a Cowboy team that's reeling. Dalton hasn't played in like a month. And you just you give up 31 points to the Cowboys? At home. I mean, the crowd obviously Ooh. doesn't matter, but still, yeah. I mean, that, that's their season. They're done. They're 4-6. They're, they're done. Um, You had talked about it Sunday night, a shootout between the Chiefs and the uh, Raiders. I didn't get a chance to see any of this game, but score is indicative. Yeah. Um, should this, I mean, did Vegas make a statement here, or did Kansas City just miss an opportunity to blow them out? Well, I'm not sure. It, it, to me, it's one of two things. I think the Raiders are either a little better than most people think, or they've got something figured out with the Chiefs. Okay. Because they beat him the first time, and they, they I mean, they're up three with a minute to go in the game, and Mahomes does what you were just talking about that Rodgers used to do. Got the ball with a timeout and a chance to win the game, and they won the game. Pretty much that simple. <laughs> and that's why he's going to get the MVP again this year. Mm-hmm. So, All right, and then uh, Monday Night Football last night, Goff with three touchdowns, Brady with two. Uh, they don't shake hands, and the Rams win by three. So, other than the Packers, Tampa's beat no one. Yeah. That's their only win. The Saints whipped their ass twice, and now you lose to the Rams. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm supposed to make of that team, but not that impressed. No, and I think it's I think it's one of those things also where they just acquire a bunch of pieces and they say, this is going to be a cohesive unit, go play. And I just I'm not sure that it works like that. Not generally, especially in football. And I and I've heard other people say, well, they just need to get into the tournament. It's like, well, they're not just going to magically gel, right? I mean, you know, I you've got Godwin and Gronk and Mike Evans, and you bring in an Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown and I, I'm not saying Antonio Brown has been a problem in the locker room or anything, but I don't know if I'm Godwin and Evans, I'm thinking to myself like, well, why do we need him? For sure. Like, what? all he's doing is taking away from us and at the same time kind of disrupting what we had been building and here. And maybe creating a little more volatile environment depending maybe. on what happens. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I mean you can't count on everything going right. You, you can't count on everything going wrong. But do you really want to add the element of chance well, in there? It's, it's why you typically don't see big offensive trades in football in the midseason because – it just generally doesn't work to bring in a guy in week seven or eight mm-hmm. and try to plug him into your offense at that point. It's just really hard to do. All right, you want to go through the playoff picture? Yeah. Uh, starting the AFC, Pittsburgh ten and zero, KC nine and one, Buffalo had the bye, still at seven and three, Indy seven and three. Those are your four division leaders. Uh, Tennessee is your five seed at seven and three. Cleveland also seven and three at number six. Raiders. Six and four coming in the seven spot, and we got the Ravens and Dolphins also at six and four hanging around the outside. Um, it's weird. I would have thought Miami was trending up, but that loss to Denver kind of put them back on an even keel, and now Baltimore has kind of flattened out, and you don't know what's going to happen with them either. It's like everything, like the division leaders and the wild card guys fine but after that it's like i don't know are you going to get back to playing well or are you just going to fade away yeah i mean it's it's going to be somewhat schedule dictated i mean is is you know miami right now is outside looking in at 6 and 4 but they can still win their division they're only a game behind buffalo and right. they still have yet to play so 
Um, they haven't played at all. They gotta play I think they played times. once. Okay. They still got to play one more time. Right. Um, NFC, the Saints sit at number one at eight and two. Rams jump into the two seed, seven and three. Packers seven and three, Philly three six and one. Those are your division <laughs> leaders. Every team in that division right now has three wins. Oh my God! What Philly is a half game up fight. because of the tie. Every other team is three and seven. Uh, Seattle comes in at the five seven and three. Tampa seven and four. Arizona six and four rounds out the playoffs. Bears still hanging around at five and five, but we pretty much know the seven teams in the NFC that are going to make the playoffs as it currently stands. Just a matter of jostling for position, sure. and you know you really. I mean the the in the NFC the five seed is the sweet spot because you get to play the winner of the NFC East in round one, and in the AFC probably. Either the five or the six is going to be the sweet spot. You potentially play Buffalo, Miami, Indy, or Tennessee. So, um, but man, whoever gets to travel to Philly or Washington, if you're if you're Tampa or Seattle, um, that's a pretty that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. I think you're fine with 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 that road game in particular, for sure. Yeah. All right, so we're into week eleven already. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I had a um, lot of people that uh, I I play fantasy with mm-hmm. and that I talked, you know, just sports with and stuff that never thought we'd get to week eleven. It's really. I been, did. I th- did I, you? I thought once they started, they weren't going to stop. Well, sure. And, but and right now they've pretty much mitigated. That's the everything, NFL, man. They've... The NFL is all about. They just plow ahead, dude. Well, and it's it's also. Nice that they have the money and the resources to kind of do whatever they need to do. Yep, and they've been flexible, and, and they've done the things they need to do. But for the most part, they just plow ahead. We play on Sundays, and we're going to play on Sundays. And Thursdays. And, and if Mondays. you can't play this week, well, then we'll figure out when you can. So It's been actually kind of impressive. Big Ten should take note. No shit. So three Thanksgiving Day matchups. Oh, my God. Like None of them are good. Um, eat, the, eat early. The night game has the potential. Potential, but that's it. That's it. Um, it's because a, you can have a nice long Thanksgiving dinner, about a six-hour one. Right. You eat during the first game, yeah, if you want. Or no, you drink during the first game. Okay. Well, I, I was I was going to work in a nap, so you could you could eat and drink during the first game, nap during the second game, and then wake up for the third game. Yeah, I would drink during the first game, <laughs> eat at the end of the first game, into the beginning of the second game, then nap. Okay. Then get up we'll and up probably not watch the third game because, like, Christmas Vacation will be on right. or Wonderful Life yeah, or some it, Christmas shit that I want to watch. Some, yes. I'll be half-cocked, and it's just, you know, happy turkey day to you. <laughs> Texans and the Lions will be the first game. Uh, Washington and Dallas, I get it's, it, it's a rivalry game. but The, the Houston-Detroit game is the Bill Belichick cast-off bowl. True. Romeo Cornell and Matt Patricia. Matt, Matt Patricia. Two guys that will be looking for work in about six weeks. And you just think they're going to cut the court on Patricia oh, he's at done. any time. He's done. He's done. Some I, of the I, stuff that's come out about him is just not a good I'm, look. I guess I would be just surprised that he would last till the end of the season, I guess. That's just well. You couldn't fire him after. Like I heard somebody say, they should have fired him Monday, and it's like, well, you can't. They play Thursday, right? Who like if they get? I think if they get beat at home, I think he gets fired. I mean, for this one, what's the point? You're four and seven. You've got ten days till your next game. Happy Thanksgiving. Go away. Here's your here's your pink slip. Uh, Washington and Dallas again rivalry game, but both those teams are three and seven because they're in in the division. Um, They have a chance to get. 
ahead of Philly, at least until uh, the Eagles play on Monday night. Um, but, I mean, really, with, with Philly playing Seattle on Monday night, this is for the division lead. It is, for temporarily, yes. for three days. Right. Yeah. For, for the division lead. To think lead. that Alex Smith, man, whose leg fell off, literally. You've seen pictures, right? To, and he almost died. Yes. To think that that dude could be quarterbacking a division-leading team in the NFL in 2020 in Week 11, that's nuts. But it's 2020. That's that's the kind of shit that happens. But you know what? Usually it's bad shit. This is actually okay. I still don't think he should get comeback player of the year. Roethlisberger should because they're ten and zero. Okay, and that everybody's going to vote for Alex Smith. Of course but, they will, and they probably should because they're going to vote with their but heart. People forget that Roethlisberger's career almost ended because his shoulder was destroyed last year, and they're ten and zero. So yeah, but people don't like him as much yeah, as Alex exactly. Smith. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the Steelers; they're playing the Ravens. I mean, this well, is another chance. Baltimore. If you're going to make a move, this would be the biggest move to make is beating them and knocking them off for their for their first loss and putting them up to 7 and 4. I mean, if if Baltimore loses, that's going to be really hard for them to make the playoffs. That's what I mean. I mean, it because sucks that it's a fi- must win. Well, you'd be potentially because you got to figure that Cleveland's going to beat the Jags this yes. week. You'd be two games behind second place right. in your own division. So, um, but I will say if there was ever a perfect game for an undefeated team to get knocked off, Thursday night Thanksgiving game against a rivalry team who's reeling and they're desperate. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, No, I like that story. That's one of those ones where Lamar comes in and he has one of those games like he had last year where he rushes for a buck 20 and two scores and throws for another one and you, know, you win 24 to 20. That's a season turnarounder, but... Right. They lose and 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 they're six and five, not looking good. We'll go to the uh, Vegas Raiders and the Falcons. This should be a bounce back game, I would think, for Vegas. But Falcons seem to be scrappy. But this is where I just don't know about this Raiders team. Are they better than you think, or is this just a Chiefs thing? I don't know. Because right. if they went to Atlanta and lost this game, I wouldn't be shocked. <sighs> yeah, I. Because well, I wouldn't be shocked because it's amazing to me the Atlanta that Atlanta's three and seven. That's what I'm saying. Like they There's can't talent. Be, there is talent. They there. can't be that bad, and maybe Vegas can't be that good. Although Matt Ryan, I mean, jeez, I just don't. What? I, I never really saw it with him. Right. I mean, he put up. He's like basically. He was a numbers the guy. NFC South Division of Stafford. Yes. Just basically that he had that one magic year. That Stafford never had, but oh man, I just watching him play football is not fun. <laughs> uh, Bills get back at it; they host the uh, the Chargers. Yeah, okay, Buffalo Chargers are at least entertaining. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, oh, then yeah. the oh man, here's here's our here's our third dumpster fire. Well, you got another team here that could be leading the the NFC East at the oh, end. Oh, that's of the right. Day. Giants beat Cincinnati, and they're going to be tied with whoever wins Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, so that. What a bad division. Um, there's Here's a, the game of the day. There, yeah, there's a deep, couple of 7-3 and three teams, Titans at the Colts. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. I mean, something's got to give there. Either the Colts stop Derrick Henry or Derrick Henry goes batshit crazy again. What do you make of the whole Jonathan Taylor situation? Like, that's that's been a really weird thing for me. Like, all the coaches talk about how good that he is and how talented a player he, he is and that how good he could become. But, like... He got the job to start with because Marlon Mack got hurt. 
Then they handed it to Taylor for a while, and he was he wasn't dominant, but he was productive. You know, he had some some catches, ran for you know seventy, eighty yards, whatever. Didn't put the ball in the deck. I think I heard about you know maybe one or two fumbles, but and then they bring in this Heinz guy, and it's like, well, okay. I thought Taylor was now your guy. I like what's what's the timeline there? I haven't read anything. I haven't seen anything. It's just very odd to me. What is what does Heinz bring you that one of your draft picks well, that's going to step in does if not? If they're doing what I think they're doing, I think it's brilliant. Okay. Um, they have running back depth. They got three guys that can play. Mm-hmm. Why am I giving the ball 25 times to one guy? Sure. I mean, Jonathan, why am I – I want this guy to be on my team and be a good player for five, six years, not three. Right. I don't want to run him into the ground. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, if that's what they're doing, I don't know. Right. But, I mean, you know – and you, and you ride the hot guy. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Hines had a monster game right. against, I think it was the Dolphins. Well, yeah, you then he's having a good game. Play him. Ride him. Give him the ball. Sit the other guy. I have no problem with that. Taylor um, didn't do much in the first half against the Packers the other day, but then he kind of got going, and they stuck with him, and he had some nice runs down the stretch. So um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't jump to any conclusions with that. Okay. I, I, I think that... He's going to get his touches, and he's in their plans. But no, that's fair. I mean, if you think back to that Philly team from a couple of years ago when they had all those guys, they had Clement, yes. they had like three or four yes. different running backs that you, you know you never really knew who was going to play. Um, and that's Frank Reich. I mean, that's that he was running the show over there, and now he's coaching the Colts. So seems to be a pretty smart dude. Yeah, I mean, really. Does. All them, them backup quarterbacks are usually pretty sharp guys because they, they've gotten to see well everything. And, and a guy like I mean. Dude, you sit in a quarterback room with Jim Kelly, Kelly, and Doug Peterson sits in a quarterback room with Favre. I mean, you're going to pick some stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, All right, uh, a couple of four-win teams, Panthers at the Vikings. This this game doesn't really matter because both of them seem to be out of it. Um, I mean, is there time for Minnesota to make a run with only six losses? I mean, I think they'd probably have to almost win out. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it's possible, but uh, it's unlikely. All right. Uh, I still think they catch the Bears, though. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Cardinals and the Patriots? Well, it's as somebody that's on the Cardinal bandwagon, it's it's a the kind of game that worries me because Belichick against a young quarterback usually doesn't work out well for the young quarterback. Just as as history would show you. Now granted, that's a different Patriot era than what we're in now, but that's still not a bad Patriot defense. Um I, I I think Arizona will win the game because I just don't think New England can score enough. Okay, but I think it could be one of those ugly twenty three to twenty kind of games. All right, um, I, I I guess two is still the starter despite getting pulled, so he's going to start for the Dolphins when they take on the Jets, and that should be a bounce back game for Miami. Yeah, it would help. It um, would help. I mean, Adam Gase would love to get off to Schneid against his old team, but I don't. I haven't looked at the Jets schedule, but. Um, I mean, we're pretty much with six games left staring down the barrel of a winless season. I would never in life look at the Jets' schedule, ever. <laughs> never. Well, Not it, willingly. It would just be out of curiosity to be like, I know, I'm are, just are, are you guys really going to roll a donut for the season? I mean, last time was the Lions, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there, Browns are going to get their eighth win over the Jaguars, you would think. Mm-hmm. 
Unless Vladimir Lutin comes through, I mean. Vladimir Lutin. I got to give Cousin Sal that That's one. That's a good that one. I never heard that. I know. Saints should uh, beat the Broncos at Mile High, I would Broncos expect. are frisky, though, man. Yeah. Like, week to week, you don't know. And with Is, Taysom uh, Hill, who right. the hell knows, man? On the road at Mile High? Okay. I don't know. Uh, Niners are back at the Rams. Yeah, I I think the Rams are starting to hit their stride. That, okay. That's a team to watch out for in the NFC. And the 9-1 and one Chiefs against uh, Brady and Tampa. Potentially good game, but, I mean, Tampa's shown that they ne- can't necessarily play with the good guys, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And then uh, Sunday night football is the Bears and the Packers. Montgomery's going to be back. Yay. He's just going in, doesn't really. There's uh, no. What's he going to do? He's going to rush nine times for 24 yards? Nobody knows about Foles or Trubisky, according to Nagy, yet. Does it matter? Give me, I'd rather see Tyler Bray. Just lose by 100. I don't care. I don't care. See, and this is one of those games for me as a Packer fan. <sighs> Packer fans love to talk shit. And. There's really no reason to talk any shit after this game if you roll out Tyler Bray. I, I mean, I mean, really, this is this is just one of those victories. Yeah, it's a rivalry win. You package it up and you move on. To me, but the, there's going to be no. There's going to be. Well, if you no, talk shit, you're just a douchebag because, like, what, 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 I mean. what, what are you? What are you feeling good about? That's right. I mean, great. You're going to win the North again. I, that's cool. why I, I don't understand. I hope you enjoy that that twenty fourth. NFC North Championship hat you're going to buy because you're a sucker. You're going to add it to their packer you're, you're a team owner, and you've got to have it. Absolutely team owner. Cool it's bags. framed above the mantle. Of course it is. Neat. That's why your team doesn't make any moves. I mean, when you look at the NFC now, well, finish out. you got no, one more fine. game here. Um, we we, we kind of touched on this before uh, when we started the schedule for uh, Week 11. The Seahawks are at the Eagles for Monday night, and you would think that would be a Seattle win. So Philly went from um, – having a half-game lead now probably behind the Giants and then the winner of the Thanksgiving Washington-Dallas game. Yeah, they're going to be behind somebody yeah, if they lose. for so. sure. Um, right. But, yeah, what, if you look at the landscape of the NFC right now, if I was a Packer fan, I'd be up in arms. I'd be up in arms. I'd be looking around going, why are we not dominating this freaking division right now? Yeah. And we would be if we hadn't drafted – a fucking quarterback in the first round and a running back that we can't play and a blocking tight end that doesn't do anything. And if we'd have made a move at the deadline, like this is the shit that if I was a Packer fan, I wouldn't be able to take because you're, you're not willing to do the extra thing that you need to do to win a title. And that's why you won't win one this year. I think I probably talked about that in the first few weeks. Yeah. It's just, but, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, isn't it, somebody that hates the Packers to watch this. Ineptitude of, of a front well, office. Well, it's not, it's not ineptitude. It's just no balls. You have they, no balls. No mobbles. Because you're, you're smart enough to at least be able to consistently build 10-win teams. And right. part of that's because you got Rodgers. But you're still, you still got some stuff. But the, the unwillingness to take a chance, trade a draft pick, man. Just do it. See, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to be the 22nd pick. Who cares? They won't do it. And they're going to continue to watch Aaron Rodgers' end of his career be like the middle of his career. A lot of playoff exits that don't end up in the Super Bowl. 
All right, that is our uh, our NFL segment, a good almost 45 minutes. Uh, we will jump to the NBA. I better have a drink of water or a <laughs> drink of soda before I start this one. This this last week and a half for the Bucks. I mean, just as somebody who has needed to follow it, just to report on it has been very confusing, and I'm sure you have a lot of rules, and I know you and I were texting, but the basic thing to come out of this from the the sign-and-trade Bogdanovich deal that didn't happen, and then he signs an offer sheet, and then, like, there's rumors of tampering, and you had told me the one thing that stuck out to you was, like, you weren't clear what the rules are for everybody because it seemed to be different Well, for, 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 for different teams. Yeah, and, I mean, first of all, let me just say to all the Buck fans out there, come back off the ledge. This is it's not it's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a nice, solid NBA player. Uh, not having him isn't going to be the reason why or why not the Bucks do or don't win the title. Um, it was the the whole thing was really weird. Um, the fact that it was announced see, the free agency you couldn't talk to free agents until uh, Friday night at five o'clock. That's when free agency uh, officially opened. The trade was reported Monday night, which was odd. And I got some questions about that we'll get to in a little bit that I want to talk to you about. But so all it all, all everybody knows the story. It came out. The, the the trade fell through. The NBA's investigating for some tampering because technically you can't agree to that deal on Monday night when technically you can't be talking to the player until Friday. So um there was some stuff with with, with that that was happening. I thought it was very weird, some of the things that I was hearing, um, that Bogdanovich didn't know anything about it, which if you were going to announce that that a kind of deal like that had happened, you would think that the player or his representation would be in the loop. They claim that they were not. Um, it came out that Bogdanovich had been in communication with Giannis throughout this process. Then it came out that, Bogdanovich had reservations about going to Milwaukee. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it that's is that a is that a money issue? Is it a, a playing time issue? Is it a city issue? Right, segregation I, issue. I, I, yeah. I don't. Well, just it's fucking Milwaukee and it's right. cold and this dude's from freaking Serbia. Does he want to live in? I don't know. Um, so all of those emotions were kind of raw when I was texting with you, and it was kind of pissing me off because I was seeing things that other dudes were quote unquote being committed to these other teams before free agency started. And it's like, well, what's the difference? You know, I can guarantee you if this was the Lakers and LeBron James, we wouldn't be investigating them for tampering. That's just a fact. I mean, you can call sour grapes, but that's the way it feels as a, as a fan of a small market team. Well, you weren't the only one just, you weren't the only Bucks fan to, to feel those things because a lot of people that I know that work, in the ESPN and, and radio markets that are fans in Madison and Milwaukee, they were putting that out on social yeah. media. Like, well, wait a minute. You know, we're the smart. Are we getting shit on here while other teams just could do whatever they want because they have different star power or bigger, you know, whatever? It's like, how how are they allowing we're not? And I don't understand what's happening. All the stuff that the Lakers did with Anthony Davis to get him, it was all illegal. I mean, the fact that LeBron James has a ownership stake in a player agency that represents a quarter of the NBA 
That's a joke to me. That's a conflict of interest. That's a joke. And the NBA, you know, LeBron's people have creatively made it like, yeah, he owns it, but he doesn't really own it. So it's not, we all know. It's all there. Everybody knows that this is going on. So just as a Buck fan, it just it was frustrating that this was happening. Um, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. They didn't let it stop them. They went right out and they started making moves after that. Right. So, I mean, they, they, they were still able to do some things. So let's go with who's in and who's out. Okay. All right. So the, 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 the Drew Holiday thing the, still happened. The Holiday trade happened. Okay. And along with, with that, they got uh, the 60th pick in the draft, and they took a kid, Sam Merrill, out of Utah State. Mr. Irrelevant, basically. Yeah, but, I mean, they don't really have that in basketball because there's only two rounds. So, But um, he he's uh, about a 42% career three-point shooter. Uh, I think he was player of the year in the Mountain West, so good four-year college player. But he's like 24, so he's older. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a little run this year, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um Bring in DJ Augustine as a backup point guard. People saw him play in the bubble for Orlando. Um, gave the Bucks some problems. Nice screen and roll player. A little small, um, but but a nice veteran point guard. Takes over the George Hill spot. Bryn Forbes uh, started the last two years for the Spurs. Badger fans will remember him playing four years at Michigan State for Izzo. Uh, really, really, really high-level three-point shooter. Total catch-and-shoot guy. Shot over 40% for his career. Um, that's a really nice get for them on a two-year deal. Uh, Augustine's on a nice three-year deal. Basically, he got the Urson deal. It's like three years, 21, so he's getting seven a year. Forbes got a two-year deal. It's a one with an option for next year. They signed Bobby Portis, formerly of the Bulls, Bulls most, graphic, famous for, yeah. most famous for breaking Nico Miritich's face in practice with a punch. He got a one-plus-one deal. Uh, Torrey Craig they got from Denver, one of the best uh, perimeter defenders in the league. And in the draft, they also took Jordan Nawara out of Louisville, um, kind of a stretch stretch big guy. Um, so those are the six guys that they brought in. Um, they lose Wes Matthews to the Lakers. Robin Lopez goes to the Wizards. Hill and Bledsoe go out in the holiday trade, and then Hill is rerouted to Oklahoma City. Um, Ursan was uh, waived and wouldn't be shocked if he didn't sign until the season started, maybe see if somebody gets hurt. But he's he's about out. He's about done. Uh, Kyle Corver uh, is currently talking to the Pope, apparently about <laughs> racial justice or whatever he's doing. I think he's probably done. Um, Marvin Williams retired. He's done. And then Sterling Brown, who's Rockets. also talking to the Pope with Corver, he signed with the Rockets. So, where's the roster at? Point guard, you got Holiday and Augustine. Shooting guard and small forward are where I'm a little concerned. At the shooting guard right now, you got DiVincenzo, Connaughton, who they brought back on a three-year deal, um, Bryn Forbes, and Merrill. At the small forward position, you got Middleton, Torrey Craig, Thanasis Anadokupo, Jordan Wara. Little thin there. Power forward, you got Giannis, Portis, DJ Wilson. Center, one guy right now, Robin or uh, Brooke Lopez. What this is telling me is, I think you're going to see Giannis play more five this year. Um, they're going to change up the offense a little bit. They've got better pick-and-roll point guards with Holiday and Augustine than they had with Bledsoe. Both those guys are much better shooters. Um, Holiday, Holiday and Bledsoe are both all defensive-level guards, but Holiday is about three inches taller 
longer wingspan and just a bigger guy. That'll help defensively. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play some shooting guard as well. Uh, just because with DiVincenzo and Forbes and Connaughton, like it's 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 kind of like the running back thing we were just talking about with the Colts. Some nights one guy's going to be hot, right? And you're just going to ride him. Some nights somebody might get in foul trouble, um, but they've got some flexibility there. I think they got better. the The main thing that they needed to address was their backcourt. They got rid of Bledsoe and Matthews. They bring in Holiday, Augustine, Forbes. Um, I. You know, DiVincenzo was going to be part of the Bogdanovich trade, and that was the one part of the trade that I w- didn't love. Um, DiVincenzo barely played his rookie year. So last year was effectively his rookie year. He had a great year. He sucked in the bubble. Play, yeah, right. He sucked in the bubble. I don't know why. Only he knows why. Maybe there was something going on. I don't know. Um, but he's only like 23, 24. You're not paying him much. Um, I, liked, I would like to see him be able to maybe grab that that starting two-guard spot. He's a little small, and with Holiday being a little bigger next to him, maybe that'll work. But um, we'll, we'll see. I, I like where they're at right now. They're, they're capped out. They got no more room for anybody. Um, they got a couple guys on some two-way deals that maybe um, can fill that 15th roster spot if they want. Um, and with, with the COVID thing, I don't even know if the, the, the G League is playing. Right. I'm, I'm not sure about any of that stuff. Uh, but that would shock me if they were the, the holiday deal is a big deal. That that's he's he's not you know he's not Chris Paul, he's not you know Russell Westbrook level guy, but he's the notch below. He's very good and he's a significant upgrade from Bloodsoe. And I like Bloodsoe. He did some really good things on the Bucks, but you know sometimes got you can only get so far with guys. And I think with with guys like him and Urson and and you know. Um, George Hill, like, you kind of maxed out with those guys. Time to roll the dice to somebody else. Time to roll the dice, and, you know, obviously the Giannis extension is looming, and he's not in the country. He's in Greece right now. I would expect him to probably be back this weekend yeah, after it starts Thanksgiving on the first. because it starts on the 1st. So yeah, we'll camp. know more about the contract situation, I think, in a week. But most of these deals, including the holiday deal, he's got a player option for next year. If things go south on the Bucks, they're not going to be tied to really anything other than Middleton, um, which is a which is a good thing. It's a it's a shitty thing to have to think about, but from the big picture perspective, it's it's probably the best thing. So, okay. um, and and like I told some of my buddies that are Buck fans that were just losing their shit over the over, over everything that went on this week. Thing, yeah. I always have to remind them, and it's something that people remind me sometimes when we talk about the Brewers. The, ro- the roster today doesn't mean the roster when the playoffs start. There's a lot of things that can happen. Guys get hurt. Um, you know, the Bucks have some flexibility with some of these guys to maybe make a, a deal down the road. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Um, what else did you want to you want you want to talk oh, about the 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 well, trade the trade questions you had some. So, like I said, the the moratorium to talk to these guys it, it ended Friday night at five o'clock. Right and. The Bucks trade with Bogdanovich was reported Monday night, around midnight, I think, by Wojnarowski from ESPN. I'm I'm struggling with with this not because I guess I'm struggling with more of of what is really right here because it's kind of a question that I have and I wanted to ask you as somebody that's in the media. Obviously, somebody whether it was somebody in the Buck camp, King camp. 
or one of the players that was getting moved their camp leaked it to Wojnarowski that this was happening. Would you have reported that knowing full well that this can't happen? I mean, it can't. This really can't even be taking place. That there would be. It's not even. It's not even anything that. Even if somebody told you this, because it's legally in the in the bylaws of the league, legally can't be happening. It could not happen. So by reporting this, you're really throwing two organizations under the bus. Yes, and you're throwing. Bogdanovich under the bus because you're assuming that he wants to go play for the Bucks. Once this gets put out there and the NBA looks into it, they, the trade's off. It's not going to happen. Um, what obligation do you have as a media guy? Do you worry about that as a media guy, or are no. you just all about I have to be the first guy to report this? There's like, an uh, there's an element of that to me because that... it seems unethical for him to do that to me. It's, it, it seems unethical to do that because... They would say that it's unethical uneth- to have that kind of information and sit on it and not report it because it's your it's in your journalistic creed that that needs to be put out to the public. But if you have information, you need to put it out. But if he had said that there was a rumor that this was going to happen, that's not what he did. He put it out that... The Bucks are trading boom, boom, boom mm-hmm. for Bogdanovich. Done deal. And being Woj, you would think that he is smart enough to know that once I go public with this, 100%. both these organizations are going to be in trouble. This is going to get league attention, and it's going to blow up the entire thing. Well, and I believe from some things that I remember from when Jason Kidd was the Bucks coach, Woj and the Bucks don't have a great relationship. Okay. I don't think him and Kid got along from when Kid was in New Je- uh, in Brooklyn, and I'm not sure that maybe he, that wasn't on purpose. I don't think those guys are above that. Mm. So that that's kind of what I've been struggling with with that. Like I I understand the doing your job part. Mm-hmm. I do, but. I mean, do, do you do you pick up the phone and do you call your buck or your king contact and go, you know, I just got told this, and if I report this, you guys are fucked. See, but that's the thing. I would almost I'm going to rather... give you an opportunity to either refute it, explain it, whatever. But before I go out and to the, and and shoot this out on Twitter to the world, I just think that professional courtesy. Yeah. I think that you guys need to know that this is this is out there. See, but it doesn't matter because your source has already told you. So you can quote your source and say, I know that this, this, and this are going to happen. I talked to the Bucks; They say it's not true. That doesn't matter that once that whole thing gets out, the league still says, well, there's smoke. We got to see whether there's fire. So to me, as a journalist, I guess, I would almost rather... Don't tell me. Well, because if you tell me and then I withhold and my bosses find out about it, I'm going to get fired. But let's say Dante DiVincenzo was pissed off that he was getting sent from a title contender Bucks team to a garbage middle of the pack, bottom half of Mm. the Western Conference, small market Sacramento team. And he was pissed off. And his agent said, fine, I'll call Woj and tell him. And he calls Woj and tells him and then it gets poured out there because knowing that if it's out there, the trade ain't going to happen, so my guy gets to stay where he wants. Well, that's not, I mean, yeah, I get 
that's your source, but that's a source with an axe to grind. Right, and then Woj can't reveal those because it is a source, and he can't. He can't. That's where you need to have the investigation, and it sucks for all parties involved. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't because you it's don't know city, who the leaker was. Right. You it's have just no clue. A shitty situation, and if that turns out to be what happens, then it's on the Bucks to go. What the fuck did you do that for? It was a very Kings type thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like sure. if I if if the Bucks have taken the lion's share of the shit in this because mm-hmm. really they lost out. Right. But like of the two franchises, the Kings are the bumbling ones. Right. There's no question. I'm trying to think if there's some sort of a local scoop that I got that I just sat on, or either I told Schmolt or Bear. Oh I you know, I can't think of anything huge. Anything that I've come across, it's never been monumental. You know, there's never been a scandal or something like that where I'm like, should I or should I not, you know, tell people about this? Right. There's never really been anything like that. So I haven't really been challenged in that way. That's the part. That's the tough part of having one of these big jobs. If you're a sports guy like Woj working for ESPN or, you know, Schefter working for the, you know, for ESP for the, you know, covering the NFL, or if you're a journalist with the New York Times or something like this, if you have this information, like it or not, once you enter into that industry, you have a lot of duties that might make you uncomfortable, but it's part of the job. You got to do it. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a lot of people who put that out in there and then sit back and then watch, you know, like uh, like Alfred said in the new Batman, just to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that those people don't have that um view of things on why they do that or that motivation i think it's one of those things well hey i got the info here it is it's not out, it's it's out of my hands what happens well, after that and, and but but to me that removes an element of responsibility that you also to me should have well and everybody that knows and follows woge knows that the dude is uh he's an axe grinder and he holds grudges I mean, he got suspended for telling a congressman to fuck off. Right. So, I mean, you know, his character is... In, uh, it's, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Right. But, but, but it can be questionable. It can be questionable. So, you know, like I said, I don't think losing out on Bogdanovich is the biggest deal in the world. I didn't like how it went down from what I read and heard. I, I mean, look, if Bogdan Bogdanovich wants to go to Atlanta... For the same money that he was going to get in Milwaukee, right. and he wants to stand in the corner and watch Trey Young dribble the ball for twenty-two out of the twenty-four seconds on the shot clock, <laughs> and go forty-three and thirty-nine and get the seven seed. Great. I don't. We don't. We don't need you here See, anyway. And that's, I guess, as a not as as a guy who doesn't follow the intricacies of the trades and know what impact it will have. When I heard that Bogdanovich didn't want to come to Milwaukee, and then it came out that he signed an offer sheet with the Atlanta Hawks, I just kind of went. I would like to know the thinking behind some of these players where you have the potential to go to the finals. You came within, you know, a series of getting there the year before that, and now you've got a bona fide superstar. You already made one trade. Now I could be on a team that has a pretty damn good chance after languishing in Sacramento, but I don't want to do it. Is it a small market thing? Is it a Milwaukee thing? I mean... I would just like to know the motivation why know, right? you would say no right. to that. Right. Was it money? Was it locale? Was it fit? Was it touches? Right. What, what was it? What's the problem? Yeah. Because then you see the offer sheet with the Hawks, and you and I. my first thought was, 
It's like in, four years, 72. I yeah. think the Bucks was like four years, 70. It was like 15 plus well, a year. My first thought was, enjoy that. Yeah. And if, I mean, I they're, mean, they're, I mean they'll be okay. Are the Kings going to match it? They, I think they should. They have until midnight tonight. I think okay. they should match it. Okay. I don't know if they're smart enough to. Okay, so either way, you're going to go to the Hawks. Or you're going to go back to the Kings. Or you're going to stay in Sacramento. How would you not upgrade your situation as a player on a competitive well, and it's top not, tier it's, team? It's not like he's 21 years old. I think he's like 28 or 29. So he's like smack in the middle of his prime here. You'd think you'd want to go to That's, a winner, but... I, I don't understand, but so, whatever. So, let me go into my next little thing here, and this is kind of <laughs> my take of your grind-the-gear thing. I am so tired of the national media pissing on small market franchises. And, you know, this isn't just about the Bucks and the constant shoving Giannis out the door by the national pundits in the... In, the basketball experts, whether it's on Yahoo or ESPN or Fox Sports, whatever, just shoving him down to Miami, shoving him to play with Luka and Dallas, shoving him to Golden State. Um, But what really set me off was, so Gordon Hayward had a $34 million option with the Celtics, and he declined it because he was tired of being the fourth option on a team that wasn't winning titles. Don't blame him. So... He ends up signing with Charlotte, four years, $120 million, 30 a year. A lot of money for a guy that has had some pretty significant injuries, injuries the last couple of years. But throughout the media, Michael Jordan and Charlotte have been getting ripped over this contract. And it just – I tweeted it the other day. The national media just doesn't understand small market sports. And this really doesn't crop up in football because – the people that talk about football on the national level, they don't disparage cities. Like nobody, you'll never hear Dan Patrick say, who the hell wants to play in Jacksonville? Because it's not about that. Right. The locale is really, for the most part in football, not real relevant. Unless it's a cold weather yeah, out, outdoor team. Yeah, but it I'm, doesn't I'm, really come up much. No. But, so, but you've mentioned it before about why would you want to go to Green Bay in the wintertime and play there sometimes. Yeah, but that's not really about the cold weather, to me, okay. I don't think. Okay. I think that's about the fact that Green Bay is the size of a peanut shell. <laughs> that's the one. It's That's the only city in the league that's right. like that. Everybody else, but it, they're not disparaged. And nobody says that about Green Bay. And that's what I mean. For and, and you touched on it perfectly because a small market in the NFL that is Green Bay, they're a darling yeah, to the national yeah. media. And in baseball, it's not as big of a deal because there's a salary cap or there's no salary cap, so things can just kind of go the way they go. And, and you can be competitive with for sure with a, with a low payroll. If you're a team like the Hornets, like you just draft LaMelo Ball on Wednesday. So you're going to basically turn the keys over to this kid. He's 20, 19, 20 years old. Your team wasn't very good last year. Like not everybody has to compete for the title all the time. And Herb Cole used to take shit nationally for this all the time when he owned the Bucks because the Bucks would continually get the seven and eight seed, and the national media would say, "Oh, you got to just be bad. You got to just be bad. You got to just be bad." Well, why? You were the eight seed with Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings. You know who you got in the draft that year? Giannis at fifteen. You were bad. Giannis's first year. 
You got the second pick. You know you got in the draft? Jabari Parker. Where the hell is he? So, I don't know. It, just, it drives me crazy listening to these guys rip these franchises. Bucks, Kings, Hornets, Magic. The only way those franchises are ever going to be good is luck. Orlando got lucky and got Shaq, made the finals. They got lucky again and got Dwight Howard, made the finals. But what did those guys do? Left. left. The Bucks got lucky and they got Giannis. They haven't made the finals yet, but he's been the best player in the league. He might leave. So, like, if you're Charlotte, you haven't got that guy in the draft. Mm-hmm. And you can point to the front office and say they've botched the drafts. Can't argue with that. But when you're going to give a franchise shit for spending money that they have to spend because in, there's in a salary floor, good. Well, you, right. ha- you yes. have to spend, spend some money. Right. And you're going to spend it on a guy who's well-liked, really good player still, great track record, good leader, veteran, and he's going to come into your locker room where you're handing the ball to a 20-year-old kid who, let's face it, he's got some issues. He's got some questions in LaMelo Ball. It makes a ton of sense. Maybe it doesn't make the most basketball sense because you're paying a guy a lot of money to not to, to maybe make the playoffs. But it just gets really tiresome hearing the national media constantly rag on teams like that. And maybe I'm sensitive to it as a Buck fan um, because I've had to hear nobody wants to play in Milwaukee. They have to make trades. Nobody's going to sign in Milwaukee. I remember when Greg Monroe signed a couple years ago. It was like the biggest fucking deal in the world. It's like, dude, it's Greg Monroe. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. Just just one of those things that I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing these oh, guys. Like and You know? You you hear it from people that live in Boston and L.A. and New York that grew up with these large market franchises that are constantly, constantly, constantly competing for titles. And when they have down years, they can turn it around like the Lakers. You can go sign LeBron and trade for Anthony Davis if you're the Lakers. Fucking Charlotte can't do that. There's no way. So, I don't know. I, I just, I'm tired of it. Unless you're a large market team like the Knicks, in which case you can't do anything right, and then you wallow in... The Knicks, the Jets, the Crap, Mets, the right. Giants, for whatever reason, New York right now. because you're a big market team, that but doesn't mean... But it's easier mean, for them. Right, you but know? that also makes it more cataclysmic because when they're bad, you need to point to something else that they're bad because they have all the opportunity in the world. Yeah. They just can't make good on it. But, I mean, look at what Philadelphia did for five or six years where they tried to be the worst team in the league every year, mm-hmm. and they end up with Embiid and Simmons, and it's like, yeah, they're good, but what do they have to show for it? Right. A lot of losses. I like the rant. That was good. That was a good opinion piece on that. All right. Um, we are already into the hour and ten minute mark. Let's roll through some college stuff. Um, we can touch on the Badgers. I don't think there's really anything much to say that hasn't been said already since Saturday. Um, I mean, Just calm down, everybody. Five, five turnovers. I'm not worried, but it's it's one of those things where Northwestern, they always do it. It seems like the Badgers got a better team on paper, but tell you what, Pryor and Davis missing really hurt Graham Mertz. Hurt a lot. And the fact that the running game, I mean, the fact that the running game isn't established makes those guys missing that much more pivotal for the offense. Um, Because right now, the the offensive ground game, and I talked about this on, I think it was on Monday, or maybe it was last week, I mean, it's not what Wisconsin football is. No. You know, and this, this, you have these lulls. There's, there's, but Badger fans aren't used to it. No. They're, they're waiting for the next guy to step up and be the next Taylor. Um, you know, 
whoever has ascended right, in, yeah. into that position. And right now it doesn't look like they got anybody. Not right now. Nikki Watson doesn't look like it. Isaac Garendo hasn't really played. What's we, the freshman? We've been Jalen Berger. Yeah, he's all right. He looks okay. Mm-hmm. So right now you've got a good core trio, that receiver that's been making some plays, um, Chim Ray DK. He looks good. He had their only touchdown against Northwestern. You got Mertz, Berger, and, and DK. It looks like a pretty good core of players. Ferguson can't do everything. Um, and, and Mertz ran into a good defense, and he made freshman mistakes. And that's what's going to happen. It's probably going to happen when he's a junior. You're going to have bad games. Um, you know, I got, a, I got in a discussion with, with a buddy about, you know, are, can we all agree now that Mertz isn't God's gift or the big savior or whatever? And I'm like, just stop watching football. I never called him that. Just, if, if, if that's your takeaway, just stop watching football. I was just like, you can explain what's happening. Just You can get excited about a guy beating up on Illinois Pat. and looking good, but you don't have to... You don't have to jump off a cliff, to use your earlier example, when he throws four interceptions against a team like Northwestern that right now has the one of the best defenses in in the nation. Pat Fitzgerald's one of the three best coaches in the Big Ten. Yeah. Paul Christ is his bitch. He's <laughs> right. his bitch. He's, yep. won, he's beat him six out of the last seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, and Graham Mertz has played two games before this. Right. And he's gotten progressively worse in all three games because there was no tape on him. Then there was one game tape on him. Then there was two game tapes on him. So he's a freshman. He started three games. He played against two shitty teams. And like you said, he ran into a good defense and a good team and a really good coach. On the road. Uh, if this didn't happen, I would have been a little more surprised. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect this team to go 6-0. and No. They're, they're not even going to play six games now, but right. I didn't expect them. I didn't really expect them to win against Northwestern. I didn't expect him to win necessarily. I didn't expect him to play as bad. Yeah, I, I that's guess. fair. The, five, the offense, I mean, five turnovers were yeah, absolutely ridiculous. The offense was bad, but yes. you know what? Uh, you have an offensive coach. Figure it out. You keep getting beat by the same guy doing the same stuff. You know? And and look, the the talent level on the Badgers this year, they're young. They're mm-hmm. they're not they're not who you're used to seeing. You talked about it in your commentary how different the offense looks. Um, it's, they it, lost a lot the last couple of years. Yeah. It's it's hard to re- – if you're not a factory like Alabama, right. you can't just lose these guys all the time and replace them. It's you have tough. to wait it to get like a solid group of upperclassmen receivers, well, and now at, you got two guys, and they were both gone. But look at a kid like Benton here from, from, from mm-hmm. Craig. Has a solid freshman year. Yes. Comes in this year – hasn't been as effective this year because people, people have adjusted are, and they know and what you're doing. So now he has to adjust and the coaches have to do some things with him. And you hope that as a 20, 21, 22 year old junior and a senior, that's when this kid's going to be at his best. And some of these guys have just got to mature and grow up. That's all there is to it. But as far as the Mert stuff goes, just everybody relax. If you called him the savior after Illinois, you're dope. <laughs> And if you tell me that he's no good after the Northwestern game, you're also a dope. I, you just aren't. It's, it's three games. That's not if a Jack Cohen hadn't got hurt. He wouldn't even be playing. Right. Remember that. Well, maybe. So unless Cohen played terrible, but well, yeah, but, but, but you're right. He wouldn't have started. Cohen. So they, would, they would have still been two and zero. Is this more ammunition now to put Cohen back in the driver's seat for the for the rest of the season? 
I mean, mm-hmm. you, you and I talked about that previously, that, that you well, can't do it unless Mertz plays, with the, falls off. With the cancellation of what? Saturday's game against Minnesota, now you only have two games left. Um, I don't know what is the incentive for Cone to come back for either of those two. Well, you've got three games left, maybe. Right, because you get that ninth. Yeah, so I don't know if there's even any incentive for him if he wants to take a redshirt year and then try to do the grad transfer thing and go somewhere else because Graham Mertz is going to be your starter next year. You'd think so. He has to be. He has to be. If not, you're holding your own program back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Cohen, if he's done with school or something, he wants to go do a grad transfer maybe. but Somebody that needs a quarterback. I don't know. I mean, you'd hate to see a kid rush back for nothing and then get hurt again or something. Right. I don't know. Um, you have anything else in the Badgers? Cause no. Because I, I really don't. Um, there's college hoops that starts on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Badgers are top ten ranked, and they take on Eastern Illinois, and then they have Arkansas Pine Bluff on Friday. Um, what do they return their top? They return everybody. Eight scorers. Yeah. Yeah. They're all 28. <laughs> They're all in their fourth grad program. <laughs> um, no, the, I, put it to you this way. You don't have to look at the Badger roster. You absolutely have to look at Marquette's. So that's pretty much it. I mean, the Badgers are, like you said, they're top ten. They got everybody back. I believe they are either the favorite or the second place uh, preseason in the Big Ten. Um, I, th- I think Iowa might be ahead of them. Yes. I think Iowa's ranked yep. fifth in the country. Um, and that, that pff, I mean, if there's one team destined to choke, it's Iowa. Um, <laughs> I'm just very glad that it's back. There's already been a lot of cancellations yeah, there has. for tomorrow. Yep. Um, it's, is, it's The scheduling here is interesting. This so, is an interesting little bubble that they have yeah. going on. So the Badgers play Eastern Illinois tomorrow yep. and Arkansas Pine Bluff Friday. Marquette plays Arkansas Pine Bluff tomorrow in Eastern Illinois Friday. Right. So so they're staying in state, limiting probably travel. Probably a really good way to do it. For sure. You know? Absolutely. I mean, you just take a bus from Madison to Milwaukee yep. and wave to each other as you pass them on the interstate. Right. You got any tips for us? No. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think the Badgers, uh, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to unfold this year with if they end up... It's I the think same they're like football. They're gonna we have. Well, they're gonna have an NCAA tournament. I just don't know if it's gonna be as conventional as what we're used to. I mean, Lenardi came out. He's got his sixty-eight team bracket. He has a forty-eight team bracket, and he has like a sixteen team bracket. Wow! So okay, he's kind of preparing for anything. But and now they want to play it at one site in Indianapolis, which we talked about last week. Yep. So the Badgers are gonna be good. Um, Marquette's going to be interesting. They're young, obviously using, losing Marcus Howard, their all-time leading scorer is going to be hard to replace, but it, it's kind of like last year's Badgers after losing Hap. When you lose a guy that's that good, that does pretty much everything for you, sometimes it holds the other guys back a little right. bit. So there's some guys on Marquette this year that I'll be interested to see if they kind of come out of their shell and are able to take the next step. So, okay. um, and the good thing is, there's some college basketball on Thursday during the day. So if you don't want to watch those shit show NFL games, I'm sure there's a hoops game on somewhere. I'm watching shitty college football instead of shitty NFL football. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you know me and my red hot maction the last couple of weeks. Um, you and Roethlisberger. Oh, man. High school hoops, you, you put it succinctly in the notes, back, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We've run through a schedule. Uh, a bunch of times, I've been in touch with athletic directors for potential road games, and all but one has said, you are not allowed. 
We are not allowing media into the gym to cover these games. Which, I'm not sure how I feel. I'm kind of conflicted about it because I get the safety. You want to limit as many people as possible, spectators, fine, whatever. But at the same time, when you reduce the number of spectators, people need to know, I mean, who's going to write the game? Is all we're going to get out of it is a box score. That's well, it'll I, it'll probably have to be like when the coach when you play in Madison on a Tuesday and the coach calls in, right? That'll have to be what it and, is, and you're just going to have to script it around what what the comments are, yep. and then the numbers that you get on the stat sheet when they fax it to you afterwards or right, something like right. that. So, um, I don't really have a. I mean, I don't know. Not not letting media. Letting, I think you would be stupid to not let local media in. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, to maybe not let us in, eh, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, you know, there's some places outside of Rock County that were that are on the schedule that we're probably not going to go to because, you know, frankly, we just don't know what's going on in those other areas. Right. And, 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 you, you know, know it's just too far to, it, to it's just take not, a chance it's on It's not it. worth it right now, and... These schedules are severely in flux. Oh, my God. I mean, things are going to change. There's going to be games that are canceled. Um, there's going to be games that might be added, added. during the season. Yep. So you're going to put a schedule up and put tentative or whatever in big, bold letters, and, and you know everybody's just going to have to bear with us and understand that you know, we're going to do what we can do, and we're going to go. You know, we're going to do mostly Janesville games yep. because we know we're we know what's going on. Yep, absolutely, we know the people that are going to be there. We're comfortable with them. They're comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. I, I love going to road games. Um, the greatest thing to do ever is to win on the road and shut the crowd up. It's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> so I love going to road games. But you know, this year if we just got to stick around home. We're going to have plenty of games to do. I think people in all sports, whether it's professional, college, high school, they're doing what they're doing just to be able to get it done Mm -hmm. and just make sure that there's a product and then we'll do better when everything hopefully is back to normal the next time around. Yeah. And I think that's all we're we're focusing to do this time. I, I would hope, you know, we I don't know if we've been told whether or not we have to wear a mask while broadcasting. I would assume that we probably do. I'm gonna make a case that you and I do a podcast every week. We're around each other. We're generally gonna be tra- well, if it's in home we're we're not gonna be traveling together. But if you want us to s- sit six feet apart and away from everybody else, it would make a big difference on a broadcast from a sound perspective. Um, if we didn't have to, if that's your condition on us doing a game, we got to do what we got to do. We're going to follow it. Right. So, right. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to ask not to, and if we can space out, but sure. whatever. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some games. Um, that is a part of the job. Like I've talked about that's, it's both taxing and rewarding, but not being able to call one for the last nine months has been uh, I'm not going to say excruciating. That's a little bit dramatic and, and a little overkill. But it's just been tough. You know, I miss my Friday nights with Coach O. You know, when we go on the road somewhere and then we grab a post-game beer and we, you know, talk about the game or just, just talk football. You know, you and I probably, let's see, this, we should have started this week yeah, or last this week. this week, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we should have already been going. Um, and I And I honestly, it allowed me to golf more. But I missed those nights at Riverside in in the spring and early summer, and crammed into the press box with either Bear or Schmolt and and Murph. Mm-hmm. Those are fun nights. 
you know. So I'm I'm glad to be getting back to some semblance of it. We'll see how much we can complete. So yeah, I mean, no Chick Fil A, no Rockies, no no. Right. Uh, what's the place in Middleton? Hubbard, no Hubbard right. Avenue, no, no Hubbard Avenue, no no Hertz Donuts. I didn't even think about any. I mean, of that. if anything should happen this winter, I should lose, lose weight. weight. That's right, but I won't. That's the intentional foul for this week. Perfect place to end. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing. We ask you always to uh, tell your friends, have a good Thanksgiving. And uh, until then, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next time. Go Packers. Beat the shit out of them bears.